What is up? How are you? I'm Brent McGrath, the host of this show. This is the 3C Podcast. It's Friday. You know what that means. We're bringing you another conversation. A content marketer that's bringing it, making it happen, leave you inspired. I'm really fired up. We're bringing you this conversation with Janet Choi. Janet is the head of content at Clearbit. You ever heard of Clearbit? If you haven't, go check out their site. Really badass product and they are making some really great content. We talk about the long versus the short game with the content production and strategy. She lends some really good insight on that. Make sure you go give Clearbit a shout. Love what they're doing. If you haven't already, subscribe for the show. Most importantly, tell a damn friend that you're learning something from the 3C podcast. If you're learning something, tell somebody. We do appreciate that. And while you're at it, go sign up for all of our stuff. Newsletter, The Blend. Go sign up to be on the juice. It's all free. We're all trying to provide value. Come on, it's Friday. Let's get it going. All right, let's kick it to the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the 3C Podcast. I am excited to be talking to another marketer. I am joined by Janet Choi, who is the head of content at Clearbit. We are going to be talking about balancing the long versus the short game with content marketing. A lot to unpack here, but without further ado, Janet, how are you today? I'm doing great. It's August and you know, what is time? So that's how we're doing. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you. I'm looking forward to the fall. I'm tired of the humidity. I want to go outside and I want to walk without sweating. Those are my goals here. Those are good goals. Yeah, I'm ready for that like pumpkin spice weather. (laughs) That's right. I'm waiting for that Starbucks campaign to roll through and everybody Mm -hmm. to uh, start promoting it on social media. Maybe before we get into it, I'd love for you to kind of unpack like your role at Clearbit and then maybe share some perspective for the audience if they don't know what Clearbit is and kind of what you do. Sure. I'll start with what Clearbit is. It's a B2B data kind of growth platform. I don't know why I just said China. You can remove that from your ear holes there. Uh, (laughs) It's a B2B data platform. Uh, We have multiple products that help companies reach and target their ideal customers. So everything from enrichment to, you know, reverse IP intelligence to help you understand who's coming to your site to an advertising product that helps you target the right audience. So lots of ways to just get smarter and more efficient with, you know, how you reach out to people. And so I'm the head of content there that can mean a lot of things depending on what our priorities are. But basically, if there's sort of like anything written, especially like long form, maybe short form too, our team is responsible for that. So so how does the content team sit in with the rest of of marketing? Like, is it kind of a roll up and a function of just like traditional, like a marketing organization, or does it, does it sit outside um, and work cross-functionally or a mixture of all of that? I would say it's a mixture of all of that. We have kind of a marketing slash growth team with like kind of different areas of expertise. So when we were smaller, we called it like a Captain Planet team where, you know, there's like the earth and fire, you know, <laughs> like different expertise. So I think, you know, we had content, we have demand gen, we have growth engineering, we have, I'm going to forget data <laughs> and, and analytics, and we have uh, product marketing. So those are sort of the five, you know, Captain Power, Growth, Planet, uh, powers. If only only we had real planet powers. Uh, And so content, you know, at Clearbit, it's it's still quite small. It's it's just uh, me me and one other person full-time. We work with some agencies as well. Uh, So we cover kind of email, 
email, ad copy, landing page copy, blog, books. Yeah, like I said, kind of everything written out. And uh, yeah, as a team, as a whole, like marketing and growth team, we work very cross-functionally to begin with. So I would say the content team also works pretty cross-functionally. And it also depends on kind of what everyone's priorities are in a particular quarter. So I think like so much about talking to marketers and brands, there's just an association. So I'm not sure, which is good, good, good work, Janet. I'm not sure I will be able to think about or see Captain Planet without thinking about Clearbit now because you call that that out. Yeah. Yeah. I think you do like a cross, cross brand sort of merchandising. That would be amazing. Now we're we're thinking like a marketer. I like it. Okay. So the topic is kind of the short-term versus uh, long-term content marketing. I think, you know, we we all create pieces of content that serve different needs and serve different purposes, get promoted through different means, channels, all that stuff. And I think kind of, it'd be cool to kind of take a step back and talk about each bucket individually. And I've always said like, it's it's it maybe shouldn't always be about all like this long long game content. Maybe it, it should be about some short game content. There should be a mixture of both that us as content people are, are thinking about and how we can deliver that to benefit our audience. So maybe we start just with like the short term mindset, like the types of things that you are creating and the the purpose that those content pieces provide just on those, like on the short-term mindset, maybe talk a little bit about that at Clearbit. Sure. I think the short-term mindset is, is, is a pretty common mindset that, that a lot of companies have. And even in B2B where you think, you know, there is a kind of a longer buying journey and a longer time frame in, in mind. Um, I think we, we all get kind of caught in this trap of whatever's like most, what seems most urgent and like, yeah, I guess sort of the short game right in front of us. So, you know, in B2B parlance, that's obviously kind of like hand raises, like with demo requests, contact sales, um, those inbound high intent folks trying to get those people in the door and talking to sales. And and the stuff we do around that, there's obviously kind of advertising to get those people in the door, again, try to get them to raise their hand. On the content side, uh, I would say a lot of that is like enablement materials for sales so that they have everything they need whenever their conversations arise. And then a little further up the funnel, it's it's probably more like product marketing, helping helping un, like explain the values and benefits of the service or product that you're selling. And because Clearbit has like five plus products, you know, at, at any given time, there's a lot to talk about, even just in that little area. And then, of course, like case studies or customer stories, people always want to hear like, oh, how is this actually working in in real life? Like, you know, more than just like a company telling it you like what it does. So I would say those are the kind of the buckets of, of short-term, what, maybe short-term isn't the right word, like uh, direct response, sort of bottom-up on all materials. Yeah, no, I like that. And direct response is probably a, a better term and I appreciate the clarification. Okay, now let's talk about long-term. So how do you think about uh, like long-term marketing, things that you're building and creating that might not necessarily get someone to request a demo right away, like maybe talk through just how that's looked at Clearbit. Yeah, this is something we've been we've been kind of playing with and also trying to understand better. Um, again, it kind of just maps onto your typical funnel or buying journey. You know, there's the top of the funnel and, and like, you know, you're trying to build awareness. And then 
you know, there's a lot of stuff in the middle and at the bottom of the funnel, there's like, you know, the sales conversations and, and the bottom of the funnel enablement. So in terms of the long-term mindset, it's really about filling that funnel, like filling that journey and making sure you're covering, covering part, like the whole journey and like trying to find the levers where you can, of where you can like speed up and, and influence that journey in a way that, you know, that you want as a business. And so, yeah, at the, at, of course, at the, at the top of the funnel or, or like building awareness, that's, I think, where, you know, I think a lot of content marketers live, like they live to like build traffic, build awareness, build kind of like an understanding of like, hey, we're a brand and, and product that exists, like, you know, you should enter our world. And uh, on the flip side, it's, it's the hardest to measure attribution wise, like what that impact has on, on those like direct response uh, goals. So I think that that is like a tension that always, I think, lives in marketing. It's like, how much do you spend like literally in dollars? And then how much do you spend an effort on each part of the funnel, especially when some stuff can't be measured as well? How do you, okay. So I understand that, that kind of issue and just, it's always been a thing, I guess, for leadership and communicating to maybe it's like VPs and marketing CMOs, maybe it's people leadership outside of um, the marketing department. Like how have you found there to be a successful way to like communicate the value of creating these long form pieces that are going to get people to the site traffic and it's going to take time. Like how do you communicate the value of like something that you're building and creating that you publish that might not generate a hundred leads the next day. Like what types mm-hmm. of conversations are you having and how do you communicate that internally? I mean, there's a couple aspects to that. I think you can literally go through the either exercise or practice of like showing them that it won't work. Like and, and we've learned this lesson ourselves. I'm sure it's been learned a hundred times over at every company, you know, sending every webinar lead to sales right away or sending every ebook lead to sales right away. You know, you think it's like, kind of like a higher intent because it's like a higher kind of motivation activity to sign up for a webinar or attend, et cetera, or like download an ebook. But you know, those people might not be ready for sales. And then the, so the sales team sees that right away that like, oh, they're dealing with people who are not going to respond, not interested in buying. In fact, that might, that might damage your brand's kind of reputation slash like relationship with these accounts. And then again, in a lot of B2B circles, your, your market is not unlimited. So you want to be careful of, of kind of those relationships that you're creating. Um, so there's like the mistake way of like convincing um, other teams or, or leadership that like, hey, maybe this like just like almost transactional way of thinking about leads doesn't quite work and, and you can just see it in, in your performance and in the numbers. And then the other angle is, is just sort of, I think, I don't know. I don't know if I figured this out myself. I know I, our team, I think has, but Logically, it, it doesn't make sense. Like if you're in, again, like in B2B, you're not, I think the typical comparison is that you're not selling t- toothbrushes. You, you, it takes a long time to convince people to pay attention to you, one, because, you know, there's everything in the world going on in on your phone and on, on your computer. So there's even just that struggle. And then there's a lot more than just a toothbrush that you have to explain and, and, and build awareness and education for in your audience. And then also it's not just one person buying your product, like a toothbrush is probably like three to five to 10, who knows, depending on like how complicated an organization is that is like in this, like, you know, are, are considered stakeholders of, of, of an account. So you know, that complicates things as well. So what's the best way to 
make sure you're talking to the right people, bringing them into your universe, and then finding ways to, in a more transactional sense, get their email and nurture them in a more friendly kind of customer oriented sense, like build that relationship, um, provide things of value uh, along the journey, not just, you know, talk to sales, talk to sales all the time. And yeah, that's, that's, logically that makes sense i think when you think about it that way and then i guess the third kind of aspect of that is maybe even com- comparing comparing things to kind of product led organizations or product led companies if if your own organization is not product led the success of those companies comes from providing value upfront and creating experiences of that brand for free or for you know for limited time and getting kind of getting in, a lot of inbound that way Content can do that for you in many respects. Uh, it's just, you know, maybe not considered a typical like product. Yeah. I, I, so I, I, you said a lot there and I, I agree with all of it and it makes a ton of sense to me. I want to hit on like what you ended with there about just like creating engaging experiences through content. How have you either been a part of executing that or seen it from another company? How have you seen that or have you seen that done right um, where it, even if like, it's not product led, even if like someone can experience like your product and get the value up front, like what types of things would you recommend? Or have you seen that like, can be the catalyst of creating those engaging experiences that build trust, get your audience to connect over a period of time, and then eventually do what we're all looking to do, get them to be interested mm-hmm. in your product? Yeah, I think it's, it's, again, like super analogous to product, it's, you know, you, you you get to know your audience and you try to figure out what they're interested in, what will help solve their problems day to day from a content perspective. It's kind of like what we're doing right now in this podcast. So we're talking about everyday, you know, IRL lives of, of content marketers. So whatever you can do to get at the IRL lives and problems of your audience, I think that's where that's where that like line becomes that it seems like easier to draw. I think um, on the clearbit side, we've kind of gone in and out of how product we are, but like one of our most successful content pieces was a very big project uh, called the data driven marketing book. And we also have a data driven sales book. These are 10 really meaty chapters. They're guest authored uh, by, you know, real practitioners in the field of like problems slash, you know, solutions that, you know, you might be interested in if you're in our target market. It's a couple of years, they're both a couple of years old and they're still bringing in um, leads. Uh, when we first launched it, there's a lot of like feedback we got about how helpful and how like, how cool it was that we, we created something like so deep. And I think um, that's a great example of providing something of value that really shows that you like understand your audience and that maybe they should keep tuning into like what you're, what you're doing, what you're having to say. Another company, I, I can't think of one right now that is that is not product-led, um, but maybe that's because it's on my mind. It, my kind of standard bearer for this has been Wistia. They, they've always kind of started out by um, this like education first mentality of like video marketing is hard. So we're going to teach you like how to do it. Um, we're not going to talk about Wistia, like the product at all. Um, and I think they've done such a great job of that over the years. Uh, so that's, that's a great example in my mind. Yeah, Wistia is the example. Everyone shouts them out, which I, <laughs> I, I agree. They do a great job. And I, I'm, I'm talking with some people over there. Hopefully we can get someone on the show soon. But mm-hmm. the content piece that you referenced at Clearbit uh, with the practitioners, was that something that you were involved with? 
that was slightly before my time. It's funny because I was at a different company. I was at Customario and I, I did contribute a chapter to one of those <laughs> books. And then I ended up working here, which is funny. So I saw that that process from the author side. But yeah, we've taken that approach. Uh, and there was a little bit of a, a pause, but then we, we started creating these kind of long form books again. Got it. C- Content-led recruiting, it sounds like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe that's a secret way for all y'all to like find your writers and, and content folks. So what, what I what I was trying to get at, and it sounds like you're doing it now, but just like the role of the content marketer, like maybe not in all facets is like sitting down and creating copy and all this stuff, but it's like the facilitation, right? getting other people quarterbacking the process to come be a part of your content stream um, where that you take their voice and you share it out through, you know, your guides, eBooks, podcasts, whatever. So is that, is that something you think about just at clear bit is just like time spent kind of working with other people, time spent producing content um, and the, finding the balance? Yeah, I think, I think maybe what, maybe uh, what, what I'm reading from that, question or maybe my interpretation of that is that there's a bit of a tension there so like between kind of shipping stuff and and like publishing stuff and feeling like you're you know being quote unquote productive and then the time it takes to actually like talk to people and like interview them and like make sure you're kind of like reflecting their voice or even being kind of like accurate <laughs> that takes time and so that I think what you just said kind of Threw that tension up to me because I, I deal with that like every day. I'm like, oh, I wish I could just like be faster at this stuff or or that our team could be faster, but we're small and, and sometimes just things take longer. 100, 100%. Um, I, I think like just so many marketers are just such ambitious people and want to ship all the time and create, create, create. But like, I don't know, I found sometimes taking a step back and reflecting on all of the things that need to happen and coordinate in order to create great content and put those pieces out there. Like, it, to me, it's like a lot of self-management. It's like, all right, well, like something might not go out in these next couple of days, but it's okay because you're having these conversations and it's going to lead to this. So I think it's, I found maybe it's a content marketing therapy. We just need to create and just start, start talking with each other and explain our stories. Yeah. Yeah. I think content or content marketing therapy is, is like an everyday practice <laughs> for me. And like, you know, it's not, it's not just self-management too, especially if you're working cross-functionally with other teams, like, you know, then their deadlines become your deadlines um, or, or, or there are other, other things to consider. It's not just sort of um, content on its own Island. Like often, you know, you'll be working towards other means um, that are not necessarily like your primary goals um, or you have to like build them into your primary goals somehow. I think that's another struggle. Yeah. Awesome. Well, may- maybe we close it out with this, Janet. This has been fun. I love people listening are probably thinking about their, maybe they haven't bucketed them out and said, this is kind of direct response pieces. We're going to rebrand that to direct response. And here are like long game, long form pieces. Um, And maybe they're thinking about that now, I guess just content marketers and everyone I've talked to wear many hats. There's a lot of different priorities. What kind of recommendations do you have for just content marketing community listening about just how to start kind of thinking about their content from a, a, a short-term and long-term perspective? I think the easiest thing uh, and the most kind of value, what's the word? Efficient. <laughs> not a hard word. Efficient thing to do is is talk to your customers, talk to your kind of ideal customer, whatever. And if you ha- don't have that defined, that will help define it. Um, but 
if you don't kind of know who they are, just talk to those people, start with those customer stories. And I find that a lot of ideas for like kind of longer term or, or, or more top of funnel content comes from those conversations of, of like getting face to face with your actual like customer. I think that's probably the, the most, yeah, the most, it's like a, it's like eating a pill. You like do that, get into the practice of that. And then you can start kind of getting creative from an informed place, right? Rather than like a lot of us are often stuck in this, you know, maybe we're short on time or something. We have to kind of guess. We have to guess like, this is interesting, right? <laughs> like this sounds interesting. Oh, let's do that. Or like, or maybe we get too stuck in the like kind of search mindset. It's like, oh, you know, let's, let's crack this like SEO code. And then it might turn out that like, yeah, it might work kind of, but then it's like not an, anything anyone actually wants to read. So yeah, I would say start with the customer. I love it. Just before I let you go, is there any content pieces or things that you are doing at Clarebit that we can point listeners of the podcast to? Sure. Yeah. Oh, there's there's so much stuff we've done recently. I, it's hard to pick one, but there's, I'm going to forget what it's called because there's like an internal name for it. Right? I can <laughs> never remember the names of stuff I, I create. <laughs> um, we have, you know, Clearbit dot com backslashes resources backslashes books where you can see all the books that we've created there's one we created recently called data essentials one there's a data essentials two but i don't know i'm really proud of that because it's like it goes through all the basics of b2b data in a way that i hope is is both informative and educational but also goes deeper than what you find like typically on the internet and like isn't that the goal like <laughs> what can you what can you be better than what's already on the internet so yeah i would point people to that hope, hope you find something interesting in there Awesome. Everyone go check that out. And if you're listening to this, maybe shoot us when this goes live, shoot, shoot us a, a tweet with your favorite scene from Captain Planet on YouTube. I'm going to probably <laughs> check out some of those to get nostalgic. Janet, thank you so much for your time. Uh, look forward to uh, talking to you soon. Thanks, Brett. I love that conversation. I learned a ton. How are you thinking about the long versus the short game? Tweet at me. Drop me a DM at Indy McGrath on Twitter. Would love to hear from you if you're enjoying the show. Let's get into a conversation. Are you being a modern day marketer? I know I'm trying to be. Excited to bring you more modern day marketer content next week. Be safe. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We'll talk to you soon.